It's episode 312 of Crack the Customer Code. No 3D glasses are needed for this episode. Adam, do you like green apples? Oh, I love redundant questions. <laughs> you know, I actually answered that question in the interview portion of this episode. Jeannie, I'll refer you to uh, minute 342. You just made that up, so nobody yeah, fast yeah, forward. Yeah, don't that. fast forward. I have no idea when it is. <laughs> uh, not a fan of the green apples. Um, however, I'm a fan of the green apple theory. I am a fan as well, uh, and I think that our listeners will be because John Garrett is not only the recovering CPA, but he's a really fun, funny guy. I'm sure he loves that description. He should use that in his bio now. I'm a fun, funny guy. <laughs> It's not as good when someone when you say it about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but we we had this really cool conversation that I think our listeners are going to enjoy because it really is about what happens when we start our careers or our jobs and that's all we do. Um, what happens to each of us as we go through life and we start losing those passions, those hobbies. And how can we prevent that from happening? And what does that have to do with the success of business? It's all in here. And well, how can we show an interest in other people's passions and hobbies and understanding that side of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this really opened my eyes because I had tried that with you. And then after learning about you, I got gun shy to do it with anyone else. So <laughs> it was sort of hard. But John's got me back on track to nice. look for those green apples. No, Jeannie, I... I you know, as, as I peel back the onion, that is Jeannie. Uh, <laughs> Lots of produce references. <laughs> there are a lot of produce references. <laughs> We're, uh, the, the, this uh, sp- sponsored by Amazon Go. <laughs> uh, we need well, to do an Amazon I mean, Go thing. Maybe we should do that. Okay. We're just going to have our meeting <laughs> during John's intro. <laughs> But anyway, it was actually a really cool episode and a fun episode. This was one of our most fun episodes. So if you can't tell from how slap happy Jeannie and I sound now, <laughs> it only gets worse. I mean, better when we get into the better. interview with John. So it's, it's very I cool. Agree. So tell us all about the green apple. That is John. Excellent. I will be happy to. John Garrett, the recovering CPA, is on a mission to help firms develop a culture where professionalism doesn't suffocate your personality. He graduated from the University of Notre Dame with an accounting degree before starting at PwC and earning his CPA. He then became a professionally touring comedian, has a comedy album on Sirius XM, is an Emmy-nominated writer, hosts the Green Apple podcast, and most importantly, really enjoys ice cream and college football, especially at the same time. He also will have a book coming out in the fall of 2018. All right, John, we're so happy that you could join us today. Thanks for being with us. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for letting me be on. (laughs) All right, John, this was cool. I was so glad to finally have you. We've been going back and forth, and I really enjoyed learning about your green apple concept. Now, for the record, I don't like green apples, but I like (laughs) your concept, and this is what's important. Right, so let's start right. because not everybody's going to know what it is. Let's start by having you share a bit about what the green apple concept is and why it's important. 
Sure. And every once in a while you get somebody that doesn't like green apples. And I'm like, if you like apple pie, you have to like green apples. But, uh, you know, it's how it's made. But there are 7,500 kinds of apples, so it doesn't really matter. Just be yours. But the whole concept <laughs> is is just don't be the stereotype. Because when you're, when you're growing up and everyone who thinks, you know, think of an apple. Just think of an apple in your head. It's, it's always a red apple. And it's always that red delicious because there's nothing delicious about it. Like if you have to put it in the name, then it's obviously not. And and it's just it's always that red apple because remember A is for apple that up on the chalkboard, that little card. Uh, and, and that's the stereotype. But the really cool thing is, is that all apples actually start out green and then they turn red over time. So they turn into the stereotype. And so it's just like that for accountants and lawyers and consultants and professionals and, you know, white collar nerds like me. I mean, we didn't, we didn't start out like this. We started out with hobbies and passions and things that we love to do outside of work. And then slowly over time, you turn into what you think the stereotype is and you lose all these things. You lose your identity. They go dormant and then eventually extinct. And that's like super scary to me that uh, you have a bunch of people walking around that all they do is work and, and that's it, you know, and that's, that's the stereotype and that's what everyone thinks, thinks is the case. Um, and it's, it's really frightening to me because even if we're good at our jobs, we're much more than an accountant or a lawyer or a consultant or whatever. You know, you're, you're much more than that. And, uh, and it's a shame that professionalism doesn't let us bring all our skill sets to the office. Well, it's funny because I was thinking about uh, this concept when I, as a parent, I was watching this amazing middle school robotics battle of the bots. I mean, nice. it was, I know. And I was watching how all these kids, like none of them fit what you would think of as, I'm, I shouldn't say none of them, but it wasn't like a whole uh, stereotypical team. It was like a girl was wearing a tiara and, you know, like right. another guy was wearing a balloon <laughs> hat and they had yeah. they had these cool, you know, team names. And I was just thinking, like, it's all about the passion that they were bringing to it. And it was this whole self concept, which I, I was just totally digging when I was watching it. And I guess that leads to my next question for you, because when you think about kind of the whole person and why do why should we care what people's hobbies are and what, why should we care about their passion? I mean, if my lawyer likes to go fly fishing in his breaks and my barista likes to crochet. <laughs> like why right, does, right. why does that matter? What does, what impact does that have on kind of the experience at work or the experience for customers? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because they're real people. I mean, you know, if, if somebody is always talking about work to me, then they're probably not very good at their job. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I never talked about accounting when I did it and I was pretty good at it mm -hmm. because it was like, we all assume that you're good at it. You don't have to keep telling me about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's the kind of person that's like, you know, no, I'm an honest person. Right. Well, you're probably not, you know, like, <laughs> you, you were until you said that. Yeah. Um, you know, by default, I think you're good at your job. That's why you're employed. But you're, the fact that you're a real person makes you relatable because at the end of the day, all business across the board, no matter what, is still a human to human interaction. Mm -hmm. So even though AI is coming in and you know computers are doing a lot of this work, it still takes a person to explain it to the customer, mm -hmm. the, the client on the other end. So there's still a human to human interaction there. And that makes you relatable. Plus, I mean, from the the lawyer side or the barista side or whatever, there's there's a skill set that they're sharpening that makes them better at their jobs. 
So not only does it make them more relatable to people, but it makes them better at their job. So for instance, if somebody does community theater, they should probably be the one making the presentations. Right. Not the person that likes to crochet. Right. You know, so, <laughs> but but the person that that's needed to follow directions and follow a pattern and and get something right that way, that's probably the crochet person that should be doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just uh it's just really cool how you can find ways that that people are really you know, can bring their expertise to work. And their expertise is not just their college degree and their certifications. Their expertise is also these passions that they have outside of work. And unfortunately, we're we're shutting off, uh, let's say, two thirds of ourselves um, mm-hmm. by by not being able to bring that to work or not thinking that it's acceptable. Hmm. So how does that work in execution? So we've got, we want to dig deeper. We want to get to know the crochet side of our baristas. Uh, you know, we live in an HR world where it's just like, don't ask anybody about anything. Just you'll be safe. <laughs> That's the, the best thing is just don't talk to anybody about anything that doesn't have to do. I think with, it's when you hug yeah. them as you talk to them, Adam. I think that's where the problem is. Like, I think that's where it gets weird. Um <laughs> No, that's what that's when it's just clear is that's when it's no longer gray right but, but HR people live in the gray like oh well he he talked to me about this but he didn't talk to uh, Jenny about that and right so that means X yeah so how, how do you navigate that yeah I mean some some places uh, some people that I've interviewed uh, on my podcast and during my research that I've been doing for the last two years is uh, like at FedEx it's really cool they have a mandatory uh, meeting it's in their it's in their internal audit department, but I'm sure it's, uh, I think they've rolled it out to more areas, but a mandatory one hour, one-on-one with your manager once a month. Hmm. And so in that one-on-one, uh, I talked to the guy and he's like, yeah, at first it was really, really weird. Um, because you know, about 10 minutes in, it's like, well, we got another 50 minutes. This is going to be, I don't know what to talk about, but by the fourth month you you're like, wow, the hour's already up. This is a shame because you're actually talking about you know, so what did you do this weekend? What do you love to do outside of work? Like, who are you as a person? And what makes you what makes you tick? Because that's why they're working. People aren't working because they love to work. If they won the lottery, they'd be out in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they're working so then they can go do their hobbies and their passions. And sure, I mean, entrepreneurs to an extent that that you know that merges together there, where your passion is also kind of your work. But there's still something that you have outside that that keeps you from losing your mind, basically. Um, and, and, it, and it makes you it makes you interesting. So I mean, it's almost asking someone, you know, hey, so what'd you do this weekend? And then the reciprocity will happen where they're like, well, you know, I did whatever. And even if they don't open up, they're like, well, what'd you do? And then you're like, well, I can tell you, you know, mm-hmm. I did this, and that's how it happened for me. So I mean, I was with Pricewaterhouse Coopers, big global consulting company, and I started doing stand up comedy at night for fun. And people would be like, oh, so what'd you do this weekend? Well, I drove to Louisville, Kentucky and did a weekend of shows at the comedy club there. Wait, you what? Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, like everybody in the office knows. And I I mean, you asked me, I didn't, I'm not bragging or shouting it from the rooftops. It just spreads like wildfire. 12 years later, 12 years later, there's a guy I've never met. I never worked with. He was in tax. I don't know how taxes work. And so, and so I was, they, they don't just let me clear it up for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so what do you want the number to be, Adam? All right, good. Um, and so uh, and so, I was at this conference and uh, all these speakers on the list and the event planner comes up and goes, oh, no, you, do you know Mark Baumgartner? And I'm like, I've never heard that name in my life. And she's like, well, he knows you. Uh, he pegged you right away and said, that's the guy who did comedy at night. Oh, my gosh. And uh, yeah, 12 years later. So that's what I ask people when I speak wow. is, 
what are you doing today that your clients and coworkers are going to remember you 12 years from now? And it's nothing work related. Wow. It's not. I mean, it's, it's a great, when you think back of all the people that you've worked with, I mean, think back. I mean, the only people you remember are, well, this lady likes to ride bicycles or that guy likes to go bowling or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Uh, and, and then the other people are completely forgettable. And that's so scary to me that you put in all this blood, sweat and tears to be poof, gone, forgettable, you know, and uh, that. And then I also have talked to some some people that are going to retire in the next three to five years and they they confide in me and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to go do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's even scarier. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you oh, well, you have to you have to tell them to do something because yeah. the statistics on people who don't do anything are yeah. really bad. Oh no, exactly. I mean, that, that's what's yeah. so frightening is you weren't this shell of yourself when you were 20, 22 years old. Right. Like, what happened? And I think it's professionalism just slowly suffocates our personality. It turns us into that stereotype. And come to find out the stereotype's not even true. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's this false hope of you know, get another degree, get another certification, get more letters after your name. That'll make you stand out. No, it won't. Mm-hmm. Just be you. Like there's only one you. I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's so frustrating to me. Until um, the cloning. You make a good point. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> until, until the cloning. Right. At which point this, po- this podcast is over the minute you're cloned, Jeannie. Just right. Right. <laughs> I, I, I want to state it here publicly. Right. It's the Jeannie and Jeannie and Adam yeah. show. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Good night. I'm, I'm done. I'm right. like, I, I'll just be like, I'm out. Right. <laughs> uh, but there's a great article. It's, it's been or maybe like 10 years old now. But it's called Do What You Love and Starve. Mm-hmm. And, and I love this article. I think I've shared it with Jeannie before. And it, basically the author essentially makes the premise that yeah if you are one of the handful of people that can go that wants to do theater or music or you know what all all the things that we all have these passions for and that is essentially lottery odds of being truly successful and even pretty pretty high odds of making a living out of it that's great yeah but for the rest of us we end up in jobs that aren't those passions and to your point i think that's what's it's an interesting way to look at it which is that you know, we all are those musicians and artists and creators and things, you know, everybody around us has something they're into that makes them unique. And often it's not the job because if you're at the job, you know, everybody at PricewaterhouseCoopers had that in common, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, totally. I, I think another thing that I love about this conversation and this idea is that, you know, it's not like you're saying you have to have one passion for the rest of your life, or you have to have one career for the rest of your life. I mean, I, the people that stand out to me are the ones who did kind of evolve in their own way and find their passions at different phases of life. And, uh, those are the people who are super interesting to be around too. Like you just want to know what's next for you. You know, that's awesome that you're going out there and you're doing these different things. And, but I think, you know, when we talk about the professionalism and the kind of traditional role, a lot of what we're talking about is like, it, it's kind of related to burnout, right? It's it's this idea that we get kind of sucked into this routine, this idea, and then mm-hmm. we just keep doing it until like we we have no soul, you know, <laughs> like the soul right. sucked right out of <laughs> right. And so yeah. um, <laughs> how, do, how do we avoid that or how do we... How do you tell organizations to help their people avoid that? Because in firms like you're talking about, the accountants and the lawyers and the professionals like that, I mean, those are those are hard charging, long hours, 
those cycles of, you know, tax season and all of that, those can get really crazy. And that's, you have to kind of live and breathe your work for at least a while. So how do you avoid burnout if that's really all you're doing is waking up, going to work, feeding yourself occasionally (laughs) and working? That's it. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of what you were saying, you know, that that interesting people you're interested in, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of brain science to that. So there's like norepinephrine and oxytocin, mm-hmm. um, two chemicals in your brain that uh, that create um, more bonding and trust and uh, and uh, and better relationships with each other. So the lows aren't as low, and the and so so when you're going through those dark days of busy season or you know tax season and things like that that you're you're together um you're you're subconsciously mm-hmm. connected to each other in a stronger way so you're actually going to work with your friends or you're going to work for clients that do what you love to do. So, you know, if, if, if somebody really likes, like I had a guest on my podcast recently that, that really loves making his own beer. And so when he went out and started his own firm, he focuses, uh, his niche is on, uh, micro brews. So he loves going to work every day because these people are doing it like what he loves to do. And so, I mean, just imagine if you were around people that you actually knew, so you actually had somewhat of a friendship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, um, uh, is it Tom Rath wrote a book called Vital Friends, and in there he found that uh, I think it's ninety eight percent of people with three close friends at work are more satisfied with their lives. Wow! Uh, not just their jobs, their lives. And I mean, you don't have to be creepy close friends, but I mean, <laughs> no hugging. Wait, is that- <laughs> like yeah, yeah, no hugging. I mean, if you're if you're hugging three people at work, then you are way good with your life. Um, but <laughs> no, but it's it's and so it's one of those things where it's it's telling people that during busy season, yeah, sure, you really got to hit hit it hard, and you know you have a lot of work to get through. So you know, one bite at a time, get through it. But there's the other nine months, mm-hmm. and so it's developing that goodwill, and 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 it's it's getting some of my clients have. Um, made like a charge code for going and doing your hobby or passion. So you, there's actually a charge code for it. Oh, wow. And then if you hit it, then you have to come back and tell everybody what you did. Yeah. Um, you know, so then by default, you're making people go do it. And it's 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 almost like, you know, people will say, you know, there isn't a charge code for this or we don't get paid to socialize or yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what you're being paid for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like it's in, and so it's just, showing people that that's a good way or or there's another client that does like a once a month uh, toastmasters kind of a speaking thing and they have offices in different locations so they webinar in whoever's doing it and the topic is always 3 to 5 minutes on your hobby or passion oh that's cool and so you're practicing your public speaking but you're subconsciously creating connections with other people so now that person on the other end of the phone that you talk with you know what they love to do so the first conversation isn't hey do you have that report for me it's hey how are the dogs or mm-hmm. how how where'd you go skiing last or whatever it is that some in in you know, it's so funny because like that book that you brought up, Adam, I mean, I don't advocate anyone quitting their job despite I me doing it. It's crazy <laughs> hard. It's insanely hard out here. Like it's so stupid how hard it is. <laughs> and and so, uh, but we're all not good at whatever it is that we're doing. That's why we're, you know, amateurs, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why I think people don't want to share is, you know, one, that's not what they're paying me for. So it has nothing to do with my job, even though it does. And two, it's, well, I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like to paint, but now somebody's going to want to see my paintings and they're terrible. And it's like, yeah, but 
they're terrible at whatever they're doing too. <laughs> you know, so, like be terrible together. Like who cares? Yeah. You know, it's not, we're not in seventh grade anymore where it's going to be like, Hey, did you see Adam's painting? What a piece of crap. <laughs> you know, it's going to be like, God bless him, man. At least he has something, yep. you know? Yep. Yeah. I, so, I have a couple clients who I kind of discovered through, you know, I have those email filters and things that sometimes show me a LinkedIn profile or whatever, right? whoever. Yeah. And one of them is in a band. And I, it was like I saw him with like black eyeliner and long hair and the whole thing. Yes. And I was kind of like, so you're in a band? And he was so excited to talk about it. And totally. I was so excited to like learn about that part of him. So I think yeah. that once people do kind of get over that idea that they can't share, it gets really exciting right. when somebody discovers it, you know, like that's right. part of what's fun about it. And two of my clients are like legit artists and one just had a mural put up in like a train station and took That's time awesome. off. And I was like, this is amazing, you know, that people right. have these these kind of secret lives that then come to light. And you're like, holy crap, like this person really knows what they're doing in so many different ways. And it's exciting to learn about. So I, I love that idea right. of like the public speaking, tell us about your passion or um, at one of the companies that I was with, we had a book club. We would meet once a month and we started with business books and we all went into novels because <laughs> that's what right. that was more fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to learn about what people picked and all of that. So there are some yeah. creative ways that my wheels are turning on this, just thinking of all the different ways you can invite that into the corporate environment. It's cool. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I mean, I, I've had internal debates in my head of, you know, what does it matter more? The, the, the company creating that culture tone at the top sort of a thing mm -hmm. or doing it like me on accident from the bottom, you know, you just share and then you just create your little circle of trusted people. And then that's who you share it with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, clearly it's easier when the tone is at the top, but I think if people at the bottom sit around waiting for permission, then you're going to be waiting forever. Right. Because, you know, it's the the managers and the executives aren't thinking that way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can raise your hand and be like, hey, what if we did this? I mean, the worst thing is they say no. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, maybe this isn't the place I should be working. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but it, it, more times than not, they'll be like, yeah, we never even thought of that. Mm -hmm. Never even thought of it, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and that's a great idea. And let's do it. You know, yeah. and because uh, I, mean, I think the turnover numbers, if, if, I think in, a, in an accounting firm anyway, I think it, it costs roughly $150,000 to the firm if someone quits. Oh. So to recruit and get someone up to speed and get them in and all of that, it's about $150,000. So, you know, giving people a little bit of time off to go do what they love to do because that's where they recharge their batteries. That's where they get that energy that then they can bring to the office. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how you have to do it. You so got to you frame it, right? You got to be like, look, we can spend $150,000 or we can let them talk about his Furby collection, whatever you want right. to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. I mean, is that exactly. you, Adam? Are you are you telling us something? <laughs> I don't even know what a Furby is. I don't know where that came from. I literally, I literally have no idea what one is. Apparently, you can collect. I just them know there are. Yeah. I, I just know, know there are a thing. People have Furbies. <laughs> There's more than one. What are they? You, ha so you have kids. What are they? What's a Furby? Uh, it's like a little talking toy animal that was really popular five or six years ago. Oh, cool. Much <laughs> <laughs> much like right. much like me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right, right. A little late. Like a little me. late with the Furby reference, but that's okay. That's okay. He's been holding that in his back pocket for six years. He has nowhere. been. He's like, this John Garrett guy's on. I'm totally bringing it up. Totally yeah, I mean, I've been holding my Furby reference. Right, <laughs> I, right, right, I, right. I knew that one would land. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I guess this is the part where we hit re-record and start over. <laughs> Doing it live. <laughs> right. uh, well, Jeannie, why don't you get this train back on the tracks? <laughs> well, I, I love all the messages and I can't wait to really discover more about Adam's Furby collection. But, right. uh, you know, how can people learn more about you? How can they connect with you? How can they learn more about the green apple concept? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, I have a podcast I do every week, uh, greenapplepodcast.com. Uh, it's on all the iTunes and Android apps and all that. And uh, just talking with a professional that's known for a hobby or a passion outside of work. And it's so fascinating. Everything from ballroom dancers to a guy that has a custom menswear suit line to a guy that played professional baseball to someone that does a Susan G. Komen walk once a year. You know, I mean, if somebody that binge watches horror movies, I mean, you know, like everything, whatever it is that you're into. And it's so cool just talking with all these different people that are really good at their jobs, but also have a life outside. So yeah, so greenapplepodcast.com from there, you can go everywhere. The recovering CPA.com as well. If you're uh, into some music video parodies and stuff like that. Really so. funny too. I was telling well, Adam right. about one of them, the casual Friday one might be my favorite. Oh yeah. That, yeah I'll have to check funny. it out. I'm a recovering <laughs> accounting major, but not CPA. There you go. Yeah. So you went into finance. Is that what no, happened? No, I did six down? months and no, I, I'm, I'm I did six months in uh, tax. And then I really, I had my midlife crisis at like 20. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, six minutes in tax. I'll do that to you, <laughs> I was, I was like, done. Golly. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you yeah. might as well be discussing like I did my six months at the pen and then, you know, <laughs> I had to find <laughs> my much, way out. Pretty much. Pretty After much. Six months on the yeah. yard. I was walking tall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then they found out I collect Furbies. And then <laughs> yeah. I was in the place. Like, <laughs> Only green Furbies, though, just to, just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get the cigarettes. Exactly. <laughs> green Furbies. Wow, I think we just created another black market for everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're welcome, Furby collectors. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, this was this has been so much fun. This thank is you guys so, so much fun. Yeah. Me. Thank you for being here with us and keep doing what you're doing. I love the podcast. So we'll definitely make sure we put all of that in the show notes. It's really fun to listen to. And um, just thanks for sharing all this. It's a it's a bright spot for everybody who's working and trying to get through the day. Just remember you're a whole person. Darn it. <laughs> right. Darn it. Right. And people like no, thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There we go. Hey. No, you guys were awesome. So keep up yeah, your thank work. You, John. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thanks. So that was a cool interview, Jeannie. I totally agree. I love his attitude about how learning about your coworkers can actually make the rest of the work better for everybody. It's it's such a simple concept, but it's one that we often overlook, I think. Hashtag loosen up HR. <laughs> no, don't start that. We don't want to we don't want to make our HR friends angry. I, lo- I love our <laughs> HR friends. Trust me. I uh <laughs> After after yeah. being in retail for a decade, uh, I, I got to know HR very well. <laughs> well, that's the point, right? Once you get to know people a little bit better, then things, you know, run smoother. And I just thought it was great how John inserts that idea of you can do this from the top down or the bottom up in your organization, too. If you start sharing a little bit about yourself, if you learn about your coworkers, that's one way to do it. But also... The leaders who are taking those steps to really provide opportunities for people to understand each other better. It's really cool. Yeah. And I think for those leaders who are listening, anybody who's 
in charge of an organization or you know at a high level in an organization i think this is a good sort of it's a, it's a good thing to approach. It's a good thing to approach from the top because while we need to be able to start it organically from the bottom, the reality is there's a lot of friction to doing it, right? People are hesitant to open up and hesitant to certainly ask personal questions and to delve into that side, uh, especially in the modern environment. And I think the cultural side of it, the leadership side of it can make that easier to, can remove some mm-hmm. of those roadblocks and make people feel more free to have those discussions and to make those connections that make the culture deeper and richer. So true. So true. And we appreciate that you are taking your time, maybe away from work, maybe at work listening to us because that's, that's how you become the whole you. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure, <Adam? Jeannie. laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we do thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code, a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. Check out business content on both csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and find my blog and other customer experience content at cxcontent.com. And I'm Adam Tabork, and you can learn more about me, our customer service workshop, our virtual training, and all kinds of other goodies at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.